What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Atlas Fitcast. I am your host, Andy Hayes. Today's episode is brought to you by Atlas Fitness Evolved, providing progressive, challenging, and effective exercise programming to the World Wide Web. You are listening to episode 20, um, and I do apologize that it has been uh, a couple weeks since I have dropped a new episode. I uh, probably should... Uh, share just a little bit about myself uh, real quick that has actually led to the inspiration of this episode. Um, I've been dealing with um, some pretty severe knee pain over the last few weeks uh, since I ran in this uh, hot chocolate themed race and I was already you know feeling a little bit of pain before the run but you know one of my clients uh, graciously gifted me the entry fee so um, I definitely wanted to to uh, complete the race, and um, from just getting through the 9.3 miles, which is a 15k, um, I ended up, you know, started to limp around a few days afterwards, and it just has not gone away over the last two weeks. And I have had some knee issues uh, on and off throughout my life since I was about 14. I grew really fast. I grew about a foot within about 18 months back in my teenage years or maybe my adolescence. And um, uh, off and on, I had done some torsion injuries to it, the last one being uh, back in grad school when I was about 24 or so. So it has been about nine years since I've really injured it. And this wasn't that type of injury, but what I think has started to happen is... um, some of the mistakes in my youth has begun to uh, catch up with me to the point where I did go to the uh, orthopedic doctor uh, just a few days ago, and it, I uh, come to find out that I do have um, pretty severe arthritis, just even at the age that I am right now, which is 33. Um, he said that my knee looked like I was about 65 years old. So. Um, that's obviously not good information or, or good news that I wanted to have. Um, and it's it's no reflection of some of the things I've been doing over the last few years. Um, at least I don't believe so. Just probably some of the mistakes that I made early on in my uh, active life that um, I just never took care of. So uh, on the bright side, any injuries that I ever do get or any uh, health problems that I come to face, uh, I try to put a positive positive spin on it and uh, basically do my research on it and uh, I will hopefully be able to turn that around and provide uh, better programming for any of the listeners to this podcast and also my clients in real life. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So what I wanted to go over here, which is going to be episode 20, is going to be my top eight low impact conditioning methods. Uh, What this could do is help prevent you from overusing some of those lower body joints, including your the joints in your feet, your ankle, your knee, your hips, and we'll even say your low back um, and spine. And then also maybe if you're already going through something, help you work through it so you can still stay in good cardiovascular health even when you're working through you know, some sort of injury or just, you know, for the rest of your life, you're going to have to take a detour around some of those 
pretty high quality, higher impact exercises that people like to do, such as plyometric, you know, uh, jumping, certain sports, sprinting, uh, as in run sprinting, things like that. So uh, I think you will find this information valuable. And um, so here we go, the number eight. So uh, it's a pretty simple one. It's just standard walking. You can make walking pretty challenging no matter what your fitness level is. So if you're just beginning and you haven't been active in years, I would say that just general walking at a, at a brisk pace is going to get your heart rate elevated to the point where you are going to be able to get an aerobic benefit from it. Now, if you are having you know pain when you walk, you could always uh, regress the exercise down to walking in the water, which is probably something that I should be doing at this point right now. Uh, when I'm on my feet with my clients for several hours, um, I unfortunately do have to take a couple breaks by sitting down just because the uh, pain right now is a little intolerable Intolerable at certain points throughout the um, mornings that I am training people. But um, And then if you know your joint is your ankle, knee, hip, spine is good enough uh, and you start progressing in terms of your cardiovascular health and general walking on a treadmill is not working uh, as well or just on a regular flat path outside uh, to increase your heart rate, then you could always you know, find some sort of hilly terrain or put that treadmill on an incline. A lot of treadmills nowadays, pretty standard, is about 15 degrees at a max height. And that should be pretty good for almost anybody to maybe do some walking intervals or even just do a steady state uphill walk. Um, once my knee is better, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be out of the running game for a while, if not forever. I haven't really um, made that decision yet. It's going to be kind of up to the counsel of myself, my uh, chiropractor, my, uh, you know, uh, physicians and things like that. But Anyway, walking is a pretty good low-impact exercise. It's very functional. It's the most functional way that humans do get around, so uh, that is number eight. All right, number seven is going to be the elliptical. Now, some you know trainers might uh, love the elliptical. Some hate it. Um, it's, it's not the most functional, transferable uh, machine out there. So I've gone back and forth with in my career, I'll be honest with you, about how much you know, I um, think the elliptical is a good thing. Now, what I will tell you is that I do like the elliptical for anybody that does, you know, need a low-impact option for their body. And uh, if, if we're speaking in terms of longevity, I think that if, you, if, you're low, if your lower body can tolerate the elliptical and you're getting cardiovascular benefit, I think that your the, the benefit is outweighing the fact that it's not a functionally transferable exercise okay it's not going to mimic walking or running or riding a bike very well but again it's getting your heart rate up it's getting your respiratory rate up it is burning calories um, as long as you're not one of those people that are sitting there staring at a magazine or a book or the television barely pedaling and your you know your heart rate is not even at 50% of its max capacity so make sure that you are you know putting some noticeable tension on the elliptical and then going at a decent amount of strides per minute to get your heart rate elevated to the point where you're actually getting some aerobic benefit and whatnot. So, all right, that is number seven. Number six 
is either stationary biking or outdoor bike riding. Obviously, biking is low impact. Some people do, you know, not that they don't tolerate it with their lower body for, you know, whatever reasons. Uh, there's lots of different little injuries, aches, and pains that people have. So um, I tend to uh, like biking. Currently, my knee is in a is in the state where it's one of the best exercises for me to help make sure that the that the muscles around my knee currently are staying relatively strong and so I don't lose any type of integrity there while we begin to you know figure out what the next step is uh, which we're pretty sure that it's you know just a pretty advanced arthritis um, but uh, biking either outdoors especially if you live in a environment that, has a uh, pretty good, you know, weather all year round. That um, is probably going to be one of the best options for you. And then, um, obviously, indoor cycling, whether it's a cycling class or just an indoor bike where you're on your own, but both great options. I tend to like the the Airdyne style uh, bike, uh, assault bikes, the Rogue uh, Echo bikes. I like those types of things more. Um, just because I can kind of crank on it with my upper body, and I like to look at the wattage, uh, my RPMs, the I, I use calories as a unit of measure, uh, all sorts of stuff. So I, I do tend to uh, like the bike as a low-impact option, so that is number six. Number five is pushing a sled, or um, if you have a turf floor and you have a plyometric box made of, made of wood, generally those glide over the... Uh, the indoor turf really well, so you could push a box. Or uh, in my case, I do own a torque tank sled that I can push and drag. And um, that's probably the best way that I'm going to be getting myself to do any type of running style motion. So it's going to be slowed down, almost resisted running to where I'm not impacting my joint uh, into the ground aggressively as I would when I'm running. Uh, but when you're pushing a sled or a box, you do have that forward lean, which is very much like a sprint, and um, you are going to be activating uh, your muscles in a way similar to running, but without pounding your uh, your ankles, your knees, your hips as much as you would normally with, uh, say, a traditional sprint. And not to mention, I also like you know sled pushing in terms of the fact that it is a what's called concentric only exercise, meaning that you're never having to lower a weight to the ground, um, which is going to cause muscular soreness, So, which is an eccentric contraction. Basically what I'm getting at, it's not going to really make you sore, um, and it can actually aid in recovery as long as you don't put the uh, weight too high. And so you could actually do it for uh, considerable longer periods of time and get a good, you know, aerobic conditioning workout from pushing a sled back and forth within a room. Um, also, where I've worked um, in the past, we also have certain machines out there that are very similar that have like this resistance on it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's called a Woodway, but there are all sorts of other um, brands out there. It just kind of depends. Uh, which gym you belong to. So definitely check that out. Maybe ask around and see if that's something that is available where you currently are training. Uh, so that's number five. Number four is doing some form of throwing, which does include, um, I'll include in this category, battle ropes. So if you have access to like medicine balls and you could, 
you know, throw them at a wall, um, whether that's rotational throws, shot put style throws, overhead throws, chest passes, uh, downward throws to the floor, such as slam balls. You know, that throwing motion will um, cause a cardiovascular, cardiorespiratory response to get your heart rate up. And it's uh, minimizing the impact on the lower body, but um, using a lot more of the upper body. Now, you might be using your hips a little bit more, especially with rotational throws, uh, which in most cases are a good thing unless you do have a hip injury or a low back injury. And um, very functional, great exercise, great for you know getting out some stress. So if you kind of think about the ball being somebody that um, has dissed you or wronged you in the recent uh, couple weeks, it's a great way to uh, kind of think about uh, getting some aggression out without actually hurting anybody. And you'll feel much better after you're done. So, uh, and again, battle ropes can be put into this category, um, just generally. So, doing a tons of different wave patterns, uh, double waves, uh, alternating waves, little like rotational throws, um, putting a object in the middle of the floor out in front of you and tossing the rope to one side of it and then back over, back and forth. I like doing that with clients. That's that's tons of fun. So, uh, just get creative with that, but. Definitely think throwing and battle ropes are a great low-impact option that most gyms, uh, most training facilities do have nowadays. So that is number four. Number three is going to be swimming. So obviously you would need an access to a pool or at least a body of water. But this is a very, you know, pretty much the lowest impact you could go. You're, you're buoyant in the water. It's not really going to affect your uh, skeletal structure at all, which is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Whereas, you know, it's it's going to put stress into your muscles. Obviously, swimmers are, are great athletes. They they're, they uh, have well-developed muscles, uh, backs, you know, core muscles, things like that. But uh, the problem with swimming is that it does not put any stress on your skeletal system at all. So if that's the only type of exercise you are getting, you're going to end up getting, uh, especially as you get a little older, risking uh, developing um, osteoporosis because you're not stressing your uh, bones in any way um, at all, unless you know just basic living, which you know we also want to uh, perform land-based exercises if you are a swimmer at least a few days a week to help keep your bones healthy and strong, and just your you know your basic uh, swimming patterns, freestyle, uh, breaststroke, backstroke, whatever it is. Uh, all of it's good. It does cause you know that aerobic response. You're going to stay healthy there. You're going to burn some calories, obviously, and it's going to be good for your health. All right. Uh, number two is uh, erg training. So primarily, I put rowing into this category. I love indoor rowing. Um, I think it's one of the best you know aerobic workouts that you can be doing. Um, it can be scaled to being low intensity. It can be scaled to being super high intensity and everything in between. And uh, I, I also like it because it is working the, the muscles primarily on the posterior chain. So it's working hamstrings, glutes, low back, upper back, also some biceps. It works your core really well. Um, it's, you know, it's obviously low impact. And so it's helping um, 
counter our lives where we're pretty much anterior focused. So if you have a desk job, everything is in front of you, you're, you're rounding your shoulders forward, your pecs are getting tight, your uh, upper back is getting weak, so this is going to help counterbalance that. And again, most gyms are now obtaining uh, indoor rowers. And so my favorite one is a popular brand, Concept2, which also has a ski erg, which is also gaining popularity, and I'm going to put this into that category as well, which um, is a great way to mimic cross-country skiing, which um, you may or may not know is one of the, if not the most, most aerobic sports out there. So it's it's uh, within exercise physiology circles, it, uh, cross-country skiing athletes are known for having the best VO2 maxes. And a VO2 max is, is an athlete's ability or anybody's ability to uptake oxygen and utilize it for aerobic purposes and um, which just means they're able to exercise harder for longer periods of time. So, um, yeah, uh, the Concept 2 rowers, Concept 2 skiers, and Concept 2 uh, also last year came out with a stationary bike. All those are great uh, options for, you know, keeping and developing your cardiorespiratory fitness and also helping you stay healthy in terms of your metabolic pathways, which is basically burning calories, all right? Uh, so that was number two. And number one is performing strength circuits. All right. So uh, all trainers should be a, a fan of strength training as a way to stay healthy and fit. And if you're going through any type of issues with your, your ankles, knees, uh, hips, low back, there are still plenty of options for you to uh, get aerobic benefits even while you are developing your muscles Um in your upper body. So there's tons of uh, pushing exercises, whether it's pushing out in front of you, pushing overhead, or pulling exercises, pulling out in front of you, pulling from the overhead. There's lots of core exercises that are obviously low impact. And then if, uh, if, if, it's, if it's an issue with your knee or your ankle, you can still do hip dominant um, strength training exercises. Uh, such as you know uh, certain deadlifts, kettlebell swings, um, uh, the, the list can go on. Hip, hip thrusts, all those things are pretty low impact in the knee and the ankle, and do have a good carryover to developing the legs and keeping the, them strong as well. So uh, an example of of a, a nice little circuit would be like a uh, dumbbell chest press into a dumbbell row. Uh, into a dumbbell overhead press, into a um, like a lap pull down or a chin up, and then doing a set of uh, dead bugs or a plank, and then repeating that circuit. So that gets you two pushes, two pulls, and two core exercises. And you do that as a circuit. I guarantee you that uh, if you're doing a uh, Something that is stimulating your your body, whether it's a, a certain amount of reps or a certain amount of weight, you're going to get um, a decent benefit out of that as well. All right, so those are my top eight favorite ways to uh, still get your conditioning in with low impact. So top eight low impact conditioning methods. So I'm going to go through them just here at the end, and uh, you'll you'll be able to write them down if you have a piece of paper out. Uh, maybe while you do that, just make sure that you are following uh, Atlas Fitness Evolved on Instagram. Just 
look for at Atlas Fitness Evolved. You can also find me on uh, Facebook, Atlas Fitness Evolved, and uh, on YouTube. Just search for those words, Atlas Fitness Evolved. And then on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, make sure you subscribe. And there may be a way that you can get notifications when I do drop new episodes. And again, I do apologize for not putting one out there uh, last few weeks. Uh, hope you can understand that. Um, but I uh, do intend on going back to the normal schedule of putting out a couple episodes a week. All right, so real quick one more time. Number eight, walking. Number seven, elliptical. Number six, biking. Number five, sled pushing. Number four, throwing exercises, and we will put battle rope exercise training into there as well. Number three, swimming. Number two, ergometer training, which includes the the rower, the indoor rower, and then the ski erg. And the number one is strength circuit training with uh, upper body pushing, pulling, arm exercises, or even hip dominant exercises if you can tolerate that. Okay. And then I did uh, also, real quick before we go, I wanted to give you some ideas of how you can incorporate any of those methods in uh, with your workout and still make it, um, you know, fun and interesting. So something other than steady state uh, exercise. So instead of just hopping on a bike or an elliptical and going for 20 plus minutes, um, that's fine and dandy. Uh, the steady state is a great form of exercise, and I have talked about it in episode 16, the benefits of low intensity steady state cardio. But I also did talk about the the importance of high intensity interval training in that same episode. So um, any of those eight, pretty much all of them that I just discussed with you, you could perform in the following ways. So um, first one would be Tabata training. So for a four minute clock, you perform any of those exercises for 20 seconds. And then you take a short 10 second break. And then you repeat for 20 more seconds. And then you do a 10 second break. And you repeat that for four minutes. All right, you can do the same exercise or you can pair two exercises together, um, kind of however you want to do it. But then each little block takes four minutes. You could do four to five Tabata blocks within one workout to get a great workout, and it still is going to be low impact. So that is great. Um, another way would be to work out at a fairly high intensity on any one of those modalities for an entire up-tempo, upbeat favorite song of yours. All right, I love doing this with um, you know some of my favorite songs and music. Um, Sweetness by Jimmy World's one of my favorites. Um, what else we got? Uh, Fuel by Metallica. Uh, obviously, my music choice is not going to be something that you might be interested in, but those are just a couple um, examples of songs that I like. So whether it's rap, um, country, rock. Uh, dubstep, whatever it is that you enjoy listening to and it's up-tempo and it's going to motivate you to work hard for an entire duration of a song. Uh, they've been doing this for a long, long time in like cycling classes where they kind of push you for the duration of a song. It's it's great. It's motivating. And then once the song's over, take a rest. Take two to three minutes, you know, uh, drink some water, recover, and then repeat it on the same piece of machinery or go to something else. So you do a little bit on a rower, one song on a rower, one song on a... Um, 
on a bike, and then another song, Walking on an Incline Treadmill, Staying Motivated, very important, um, and I think you'll like that a lot too. And then number three is doing short versions of uh, AMRAPs, which would be as many reps as possible, or every minute on the minute, or uh, you, you could think of the every minute on the minute as just doing it on um, every minute, every second minute, every third minute. I've also done a podcast on that. If you've listened to it, you're, you might be familiar. But um, what you could do is, uh, I, I did a variation of this just a few minutes ago. I, did, I started a three-minute clock, and I did 50 battle rope slams. So I took a battle rope and I slammed it aggressively, 50 reps. And then I pushed my uh, torque sled. It's just basically a sled um, with wheels on it. 20 yards down, 20 yards back. And then for the remainder of a three-minute period, I got on my assault bike. It's a little Airdyne bike with handles and a, and a wind fan on it. And I went for the remainder of the three minutes. And then I repeated that for 10 rounds, which takes exactly 30 minutes. A good intense workout. My knee feels great. And it's something that I could have repeated several times. So you can take any exercise that you want, combine them together, and do them for uh, short periods of time, whether it's one, two, three-minute periods, and then repeat it for several rounds. That's another great way to do it. And... Um, Yep. If you want uh, more ideas, then just continue listening to the Atlas Fitcast. I drop new information all the time, and hopefully you enjoy it. And if you are enjoying listening to this podcast, go ahead and share it with your friends. Um, there is a share button on pretty much all podcast platforms, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can share it, send it uh, via text or on Facebook, whatever you want. Uh, Instagram to your friends and get them to listen. Uh, the more, the merrier. That is why I am doing this to help people. So um, that's all I have for you today. And if it is important to you, you will find a solution. If it is not, you will find an excuse. All right. That's a great quote, especially for today's podcast. And I'll catch you next time. Peace.